0: if there's one thing in music that practically everyone knows something about it's living legend dolly parton and if there's one thing in music that few people know anything about it's how film soundtracks are made both of these are a given like the sun rising and setting there is music in movies and there is the transcendent career of dolly i'm joe kendrick welcome to southern songs and stories in this episode we dive into the world of film soundtracks and the story of Dolly Parton with an interview of two of Dolly's longtime collaborators, Mark Leggett and Belton Ray Bunch. We'll also feature some of their work from Dolly's latest project, the series Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, along with a new guitar piece from Mark. Plus, you'll hear music and conversation from Western North Carolina artist Amanda N. Platt.
1: songwriter, who was actually fairly popular a few years back, uh, come up to me the other night and said, hey, I hear you work with Dolly Parton. Well, I've got some great songs for Dolly. And I just looked and I said, Dolly, Dolly Parton is a songwriter. <laughs> Dolly Parton has the best songs. I don't think she needs an outside writer.
2: I've seen her transform from being just a an incredibly talented songwriter and Singer, when she was much younger to just this massive uh, star, uh, she's probably the biggest star on the planet now, you know, but she, her basic person that she is has not changed. Uh, she is still talented. She writes every day. She is the most disciplined person in the world. She never tires. I, I swear to God, this lady just never quits.
3: Southern Songs and Stories is produced in partnership with Grassroots Radio, WNCW, and Osiris Media, and is available wherever you get your podcast and at WNCW.org. One easy and very helpful way to spread awareness of the artists featured here, their music, and this series is to subscribe to this podcast and give it a good rating and a comment on the platforms where you listen to your podcasts. This is Southern Songs and Stories, the music of the South and the artists who make it. Did you know that music can accelerate child brain development and strengthen intellectual, emotional, and motor skills, as well as overall literacy? Bringing music into the classroom can help kids explore the mind-body connection and become comfortable with self-expression. Sadly, many children's music programs are lacking in the resources they need to let kids explore this creative space. That's why OSIRIS is happy to partner with the Mockingbird Foundation. Founded in 1996, the Mockingbird Foundation is a volunteer-run nonprofit organization dedicated to improving access to music education for America's youth. Each year, the foundation awards grants to dozens of music education programs and funds those grants through a combination of fundraising, publishing, and curation of Fish.net, one of the earliest internet fan communities. Mockingbird is entirely volunteer, with no staff, no salaries, and no office. So every dollar really does make a difference in providing children's music programs with the staffing, instruments, and support that they need. The Foundation gives over $100,000 to $150,000 every year in grants. To donate or to learn more, visit mbird.org. That's M-B-I-R-D dot O-R-G. These old bones will tell you story. These old
4: bones will never lie. These old bones will tell you surely what you can't see with your eye. These old bones I shake and rattle. These old bones I toss and roll. And it's all in war they scatter, tells you what the future
1: holds.
4: 11 miles or so from town With a one-eyed cat named Wink A billy Gold and a blue tick hound
0: She is no stranger to TV and the silver screen with starring roles in films like 9 to 5, Steel Magnolias, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, Rhinestone, and Straight Talk. And Dolly Parton's most recent screen endeavor is the Netflix series called Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, with eight standalone episodes, each based on a theme from one of her songs. You just heard the original version of These Old Bones from her 2002 album Halos and Horns going into the Heartstrings adaptation of that song for the series. In film history, Miles Davis, Bob Dylan, Curtis Mayfield, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Air, Eddie Vedder, Amy Mann, Neil Young, Karen O, Badly Drawn Boy, Tom Waits with Crystal Gale, RZA, Cat Stevens, and Jay-Z, among others, have made movie soundtracks with their music featured exclusively. In all of these cases, the movie came first and the music followed suit. Outside of Prince's Purple Rain, however, it is hard to find examples of film work putting the soundtrack at the forefront and building the movie around it. Dolly Parton's Heartstrings was born into a media world that hardly resembles what it did when she first worked on screen in 1967 as the sidekick to Porter Wagner, who often referred to Dolly as the Pretty Little Lady and Girl Singer on his TV show. You heard from Mark Leggett and Velton Ray Bunch in the show intro, and I asked them about this sea change for the small screen in our interview. This is a real golden age for television. There's so much out there. There's so much that's good, and you can't even ever hope to take it in. What opportunities do you see for musicians? Because there's obviously there's so much more video out there. There's got to be more opportunities for folks like you to get involved with scoring film, with being involved with writing for film.
1: Like you said, there are a lot more musicians doing this kind of work. There's a lot more media out there that want that needs music put to it and written original music on it, uh, for it. But you know, we both always worked for the last 30 years or so at writing for various TV shows and, and film. And it's actually a little harder now <laughs> to get some of those jobs. There's great content out there, uh, but there are so many more people doing it. You know, I think the technology has allowed uh, a lot of people to become involved in this craft. So I don't know. I think it's kind of a wash. It's it's much like it used to be. You, you know, you... Hope to make a contact and develop a relationship with a filmmaker or a uh, television producer, or director. That part of it hasn't changed, but it's a very crowded field these days, as everyone
2: knows. <laughs> but but one of the um, to add to what Mark was saying, uh, and and to and to your point, yes, there is a lot of content out there, but there really aren't. Uh, A great amount of shows that will uh, budget for real orchestras, live players, that type of thing. And so with the Dolly Projects, we've been really blessed that we were able to use uh, so many musicians from uh, Los Angeles, of course, where we're based, to a ton of Nashville musicians, uh, ones in Atlanta. And we were able to tie all those elements together, and um, it made for a great process in using all of these live players. That was really great.
0: Do you have any advice for musicians trying to break into this kind of work?
2: Well, yeah, I do. Uh,
1: I would say you have to know more than just music. You have to be a good promoter. You have to have a lot of uh, social internet skills. You have to uh, learn video programs you have to learn how to record your music put your music uh make reference videos of your music for your producers or whoever you're working for um i would say you've got to cover a lot of bases and it seemed like there are quite a few schools like berkeley and and down in florida there are a lot of uh, degrees you can get in music production and music composing strictly for media writing for picture and uh Those are beneficial. They're costly. They cost a lot for that degree. But uh, there's also nothing like just getting into a market and just starting to hustle up and get your music out there and make as many relationships as you can with filmmakers and directors. That's the biggest part, having social skills, knowing how to market yourself, and how
2: how to keep on a contact without being annoying, but just follow through with everything. Yeah, that's 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 very true what he's saying, 100%. I also, when I'm asked to speak to master classes, if you will, or young, young folks starting out, I always emphasize that you must be a technological whiz at this point. Um, you can't just be a good piano player or a great guitar player. You really have to have the technology down, meaning all the sequencing programs, all the... Um, Sampling and the type of thing that goes into it now, and as Mark says, you know, you have to know the picture side of it too—how to edit, how to move things around, how to. Uh, so, it's a it's a whole different world now.
0: She hasn't made a soundtrack yet, but as a band leader and songwriter, she has a good bit in common with Dolly. Coming up is our conversation after this from her self-titled album, Amanda Ann Platt and the Honeycutters with Diamond in the Rough. Can you tell us about your experience or your path to get to being the full-time artist that you are now? You've got a, you know, a substantial level of success as a woman playing country music. What sort of hurdles have you faced that we might learn from?
4: (laughs) I don't know if I've faced anything I would call a hurdle, um, especially, you know, particularly being a woman, but... I think that some of the hurdles that women face in the music industry these days are are more subtle. I think probably there's less less of, you know, people scoffing and, and you know, saying, you can't do this, or, um, you know, I think there's less of that attitude, certainly, but there's still, I think there's, you know, there's still a bit of a double standard. Um, you know, I think with the female artists, there's always still the tendency to sort of look at, look at her face and body first, maybe, and not um, not listen as closely to the music. Um, so, you know, I think those are some things that women still face in any genre, maybe.
0: I know that it's hard to compare the, the sort of the way that you came into being and the way that country female artists especially got to their place uh, decades ago, but... Do you have any observations about then and now as as far as what may be really standing in your way or what may be easier now versus then?
4: I think some of my observations about that are, are probably, you know, really sort of across the board for men and women. But, you know, I think that um, back in the time when Dolly Parton was really coming up, you know, obviously, just the way that music was delivered to people was tremendously different. Um, I think that something you know that I'm always aware of these days is just how much music is available to people. Um, there, it's kind of a blessing and a curse because it's a lot easier. You know, you can make a make a recording in your bedroom and put it on YouTube and become a, an overnight sensation. You know, that's where I think we're hearing about that all the time. So that makes it kind of easier to get heard, but also harder because of all those people making music in their bedrooms and putting it on YouTube. You know, there's um, it's a much thicker crowd. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, there's a little bit of just the way that um, an artist might be discovered. There's just so many more ways to be discovered now. It, it makes it easier and harder to sort of get your voice heard. And then, you know, particularly for women, again, I think we've made great strides in, in this country and, you know, in society of women's rights and just kind of seeing things more equally, but we also haven't, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of up and down. And and again, just, you know, I think that women tend to sometimes have to work a little bit harder to be noticed for, for their art rather than, you know, what they look like, you know, the way that they present themselves. Um, what kind of vibe they're putting off. You know, I just think that, that that can be a lot more complicated for women artists than it, than it necessarily is for men. It's only because I want you to be happy, baby.
0: Another piece of the soundtrack by Mark Leggett and Velton Ray Bunch there from the episode based on the Dolly Parton song Sugar Hill. Both men have roots in the South. Velton Ray Bunch grew up in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and Mark Leggett lived in that same town for a while too when his father was in the military. They have made music, have written extensively for other artists, have worked in television and film for decades, and have been nominated for Emmy Awards many times, with Velton Ray winning in 2005. For his score to Star Trek Enterprise, like I asked Amanda Ann Platt about comparing eras for women artists in country music, I also posed the question to Mark and Velton Ray. There was just a handful of iconic country singers. There was Loretta, there was Tanya Tucker, there was Dolly, and for the longest time, it seemed like you—I don't know, you know like compare that to today. Is it? It's well known. Her story and how how hard it was for her to gain that independence, to to really get that foothold into the last all this time. But do you have any thoughts on the comparison between then and now, and perhaps why it doesn't seem to be from the outside, from from my viewpoint, it doesn't necessarily seem that much easier for women to do the same sort of thing than it was, say, fifty years ago when Dolly was getting started.
2: I don't know. I wasn't there for the very beginning of her career, although I'm quite familiar with it. And I did a lot of work down in Nashville with, um, some of those very people you're speaking of, um, with the Loretta Lynns and, uh, Tanya Tuckers and, you know, that kind of thing. But for me, the biggest change has been, I think it was harder than I, w- I would think it was much more difficult, um, then to be a young artist, uh, female artist trying to break through. I mean, it was definitely a male-dominated uh, business. I, you know, really think it would have been it would have been much tougher then at that point for any of those women. I mean, the the Loretta Lynns and her great story and what she went through and couldn't have been easy. Could not have been easier. man. I've seen a massive transition over the years in that area.
1: I, I think Dolly survived uh, and came out on top of that because she also crossed over, to her, remember, in the 80s, her big pop uh, career. Right. And and I think that increased her popularity, increased her uh, her stature, and she's kind of bulletproof at this point, you know. She, and whereas some of those artists were not crossing over, they did not and probably didn't, shouldn't have, but they, you know, Loretta Lynn and people like that, they never that world and Dolly took over the pop world. She took over the country world and and uh, the folk world for for some of the old style music and, and bluegrass music. She's released albums like that. She's she can do all that stuff. Uh, I think she's a good a good figurehead for anybody trying to, to make it today.
0: One other thing too is Dolly is I wouldn't describe her as an iconoclast, but she has always been a fiercely independent artist, and she's defied a lot of cultural mores. What do you think the impact has been for her from her career on other women artists?
2: Oh, I definitely I have an opinion about that, and and it's a great opinion. <laughs> <I'll tell you. laughs> and, yeah, just ask me. Uh, she's opened up so many doors for people, and. Yet she remains above the fray. Um, she has this unique ability to reach out to all um, demographics. I don't care if you're uh, straight, gay, black, white, whatever you 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 are politically, or Republican, Democrat, she reaches across uh, all um, spectrums, you know, reaches across the aisle, if you will and uh, embraces all of it and she never allows um, her personal opinions to interfere with the music and she always always says and she said this publicly many times that uh, she's an entertainer and she's an artist and that comes first before any sort of political issues and I think she's done a magnificent job with that.
0: wonder as far as dolly parton's music goes do you think because dolly is is just so southern there's just you you could be from a foreign you could be from another planet and you would get that you would that would that would not be lost on you right but what about the picture that people are getting about the south from seeing the icon from seeing dolly's Career, or what kind of a takeaway they're getting? How how accurate do you think that is?
1: I think she's opened people's eyes from a caricature of the South to, like, hey, here's a real giving, warm person, a very talented person who's, like Ray said, probably the biggest star on earth. And she is from the Smoky Mountains. And you hear her talk, and she's got the Southern uh, accent. And, you know, other parts of the country, you know, people think that. That's quaint and cute and everything, but uh, I think she, someone like her shows that there's way more to it than that, you know, than the, than the good old South Southern vibe. You know what I'm talking about? The, I think she has brought the Southern, Southern United States crowd into the onto the world stage. I mean, country music's done that all along, but I think she's, she's crossed a lot of other uh, lines as well with pop music and everything else she's done.
2: Yeah and she is um I mean she really has never strayed f- strayed from her roots. Actually I think that's why she and I connected in a in a lot of ways. Uh obviously I'm from a small town in Goldsboro. We were raised on very similar circumstances and and um uh, when we work together it feels natural. I think that's one of the drawing points and why she's stuck with us for so long. We all share the same sort of values uh, in a whole lot of ways, the same senses of humor, which is very distinctive, very Southern. And, uh, yeah.
0: We're closing in on the finish for this episode of Southern Songs and Stories. Thanks for listening. And thanks to WNCW's Josh Ming for our new theme songs for the show. You can find out more about his work on his SoundCloud and Instagram at his Strahlinsone profiles there or simply by searching for Joshua Ming. We invite you to like and follow the show on our social media. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter at South Scenes and on Instagram at South Stories. You can correspond with me by email at southernsongsandstories at gmail.com or Joe K at wncw.org. Southern Songs and Stories is part of the podcast lineup on both Public Radio, WNCW, and Osiris Media, with all of the Osiris shows available at osirispod.com. And you can also hear new episodes of this podcast on Bluegrass Planet Radio at bluegrassplanetradio.com. Plus, WNCW broadcasts capsule versions of these podcasts on the FM dial once a week, thanks to producer Kim Clark. I'm your host, Joe Kendrick, encouraging you to go see some live music and support the artists you enjoy here, on Southern Songs and Stories. And speaking of the artists here, Mark Leggett has a new release coming out titled Guitars and Blackbirds. Here's his song called Folktown. Amanda, do you have any favorites? I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have a favorite Dolly Parton song in mind?
4: Oh, I, there are so many great ones. I mean, I love... are the only one, you're the only one. Take me back from where we started from. Um, that one is, I guess, it's called The Only One. That's one of my favorite ones. Of course, I love Nine to Five. <laughs> um, Coat of Many Colors. <laughs> I once had a great story about... Dolly Parton was on vacation in Ireland, and she was in, like, some little pub with her husband, and there was, like, an acoustic duo entertaining, and they played Code of Many Colors, <laughs> and they didn't realize that she was there. It's hard to imagine Dolly Parton being in a room and you not realizing that Dolly Parton was in that room, but, and then, you know, so she kind of got to reveal herself to them. <laughs>
0: um, wow, they won the lottery that day.
4: Right, Yeah.